Hey, Guy Watch people, it's Phil Gothier again, bringing you another show. Um, before we get started, though, I want to just take a quick minute and let you guys know how much I really do appreciate you guys listening. This week, we got some feedback from some listeners. Uh, I can't express to you how much I really do appreciate hearing uh, everything that you have to say. So please get in touch with me, uh, Facebook, you know, through the email, whatever way is convenient for you. But most of all, just know I appreciate you listening. So this week, I do have a different show for you. Uh, it is a guy named Joe Hogan. And I met Joe working with some special needs adults. And his story is pretty amazing, really. He has a company called Train to Inspire. And uh, he'll tell us a whole lot more about it. So sit back and enjoy the show. Joe, how are you? I'm doing good today. How about you, buddy? Doing good, man. So we are sitting on the construction side of yours. Yes, we are. Sitting out back on a beautiful Iowa day, and uh, you can't get a much better day than today. So I'm excited to be here sitting with you, hanging out. You know, I know that uh, we've met a handful of times, and I guess one of the first reasons why I asked you to come and sit down with me without knowing much about you at all was we went to Prairie Ridge Church. There's a, a thing there called Fuse, and it's mentally disabled people that get to come and have a, a night out, do games and activities and things like that. And there was a, there's a guy that I know who was there who's got cerebral palsy, and I haven't seen him for maybe six to eight months. And uh, in that time, he disintegrated quite a bit. And uh, walking around talking with some of the people I know, and they were like, "Oh, you got to talk to Joe. Oh, you got to meet Joe." And I'm like, "I don't even know who this Joe is." And they point you out, and you're holding this guy and playing Twister with him. You know, I've known I've known him for years, and uh, you know, it was just kind of it kind of tugged at my heart a little bit to see, you know, him so engaged and happy, and yet somebody they're caring on him and taking care of him and, and giving him what he can be fulfilled with. So, you know, that's kind of at least my background towards towards you. But what, what can you tell me about some of the stuff, like, just about yourself? So I believe that might have been Andrew that day. Was it? Was. it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, Andrew's uh, great. He comes to a lot of our events. So the way I got involved with Fuse at Prairie Ridge Church is I run a nonprofit called Train to Inspire as well. And people like Andrew and the other participants uh, with various disabilities will come and participate with Train to Inspire, which focuses on health and wellness. Uh, we've got several different programs that uh, specifically are designed for people of all abilities, whether it's a physical disability, a mental disability, or both. We come in and we find out things that they've always wanted to do in their life, whether it be physical or social or just something they wanted to experience. And we come up with a way to do that for them. It starts out with personal training, sports-specific training, things like that. We all know how much uh, personal training costs at the gym. And for people with disabilities, a lot of times they don't feel welcome in a gym setting, let alone at various places in public where uh, you would exercise or you know where we would feel comfortable and hang out, things like that. So we'd like to offer that to them and let them feel comfortable. There's a big disparity it, nowadays, and there have been for thousands of years for people with disabilities, studies show anywhere from 
10 to 30 years life expectancy difference from uh, somebody with a disability and their able-bodied counterpart. And part of that comes into play because their entire life they're told not to exercise. Their entire life they're told to uh, be safe, to be comfortable, to stay at home. And we know that you and I are supposed to work out. You and I are supposed to be healthy, right? Or or we're going to develop diabetes or heart disease. Yeah, Yeah, you're supposed to try to take care of yourself. Yet, um, and we're told to get out and move. Yet people with disabilities for thousands of years have been told not to. They've been told not to move, not to get out, not to play these sports or these. Because it's always been thought that it's it's not safe or that shouldn't do it or can't do it. And what we would do with Training Inspire is we come in and do it. I've personally helped train people with Noonan Syndrome on 5Ks. Uh, we just ran the Grand Blue Mile with a girl that was blind who's never ran in her life. I've witnessed girls with cerebral palsy get out of their wheelchair and walk across finish lines. We offer taekwondo, yoga, kickboxing. We even do a one-of-a-kind obstacle course every year in September for people with disabilities. Really? Where we uh, we really push the limits of what we feel they're, they're capable of doing. And I had the opportunity to meet somebody amazing. It was Dave Mathis. I believe you know Dave, right? I, I do know Dave, yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, he opened my eyes that people with disabilities are just as capable of us. Sometimes just a little bit of a modification and start and slow. So that's what we do, and then we do fun activities monthly. We will go out and we'll play laser tag, go rock climbing. Uh, we'll take them out to MB2 and let them race go-karts. And a lot of these people have never even had the opportunity to drive a car, a golf car, or you know, a go-kart. We come in, and it's empowering to teach them how to do things they've never had the opportunity to do in their life. I think that we sometimes as... I don't know the PC word, but more able-bodied people, we take for granted some of those things. Now that I have small children, the first time you take your kid for a go-kart ride, imagine the excitement that Mm -hmm. they have. Imagine if you didn't have that for 30 years, and then all of a sudden somebody's like, hey, we're going to go do this. That apprehension that comes with it, and then the fear, and then the joy, and then that kind of carefree that, that comes with. And I know... My brother used to run group homes and, and used to work with them. That's how I've met some of these guys. And the thing that was really interesting to me was the conversations that I had with them. They really, it struck me, you know, you take, you take somebody like, you know, a, a cerebral palsy patient, they're mentally there. Mm-hmm. They're just trapped. And, you know, once you can start to understand them and figure out what their desires and their needs are, it's amazing those physical problems that they have kind of go away, you know, and, and you can see them as as this person that has this dynamic thing going on with them instead of just the, the restriction that, you know, oh, you know, there's a disability there. And that was the one thing, even people I, I met who were severely mentally disabled, they, they still were fun. The conversations we had, the things they would get excited for, you know, I know one of the guys he had was blind. I didn't even know. I would go and, and he could recognize my voice from across the room. And uh, he would always yell, Michael's brother, you know, because my brother's name is Michael. And he never knew my name. It was always Michael's brother. And that kid, he would grab me and pull me into his wheelchair. And, you know, I, I'm an able, strong guy. I could not move. He was so strong. And he would just hold me there. And <laughs> I'd be like, all right, buddy, you got to let me go. But just the joy that that i would experience sometimes with these guys was was unbelievable and so i think that you've given them the opportunity to 
step out of their comfort zone to allow them more joy in their life and these things I think that's admirable you know I think that's that's really neat um, and so from from there you know we talked about that fuse uh, how how did you get involved in that so actually you know just friends of friends I believe it was Dave Mathis introduced me to uh, Lisa Nide yep who's an amazing woman I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of people at the church and Lisa is by far just the most uh, she has the best character out of anybody I've met she's a sweetheart yeah yeah and um, and I've struggled in my past with various different things addiction um, incarceration and it's not always easy for me to be around good people and Lisa I remember we first met at a coffee shop with her and Wendy from Fuse and uh, they just I felt like Lisa welcomed me and I felt like she always has uh, even though we don't talk often I feel like she's always welcomed me with open arms and uh, we try to help each other with Fuse or with train to inspire and vice versa a lot of the same participants that go and hang out with fuse uh, with lisa come to our events as well so it was amazing to have lisa you know welcome me with open arms and then when the night to shine came to uh prairie ridge church which is the biggest prom for people with disabilities in the entire world now now it's yeah so it's it's worldwide and that's set through the tim tebow foundation correct absolutely yeah the tim tebow foundation hosts a prom for people with disabilities the friday before valentine's day to give them the opportunity to go to prom just like you were talking earlier about you know opportunities that they uh they they've missed out on for 30 years of their life possibly and then when there are dances a lot of times there'll be smaller lower key dances and these are really big high budget uh opportunities for them to come out and just they got the red carpet the paparazzi We'll have hundreds and hundreds of volunteers out there, and Lisa is actually the reason that it came to Iowa the first time, and now it's in three churches in Iowa. See, and that's that's awesome, and I know this last year I wanted to come and participate, and my wife signed up for it before I did, so I got stuck on parenting. Oh, man. But but my wife came. I don't live too far from, from Prairie Ridge where it was hosted. I mean, you could see the spotlights in the sky. They had a red carpet. I mean, people were pulling up in limos. You know, I mean, it's a, it's the real deal. I mean, what you would think of a normal prom, and you know, they make such a an event of it, and I, I think that that's it's beautiful, man. It's it's really really neat to see and to, I mean, even not being there to participate with it, and you know, even if it is just watching my kids, well, my wife can go and uh, and do that. So. How long has that been going on for? Do you, I mean, it's been a few years, right? I believe it's on its third year okay. for the Night to Shine. I believe they just started it, I want to say, uh, three years ago, two years ago. And I know Lisa was talking about bringing it to the to the state before it was ever a big thing. And now it's just taken over. Uh, I remember the first time it was in so many different states, and I believe only in the United States. And now it's on, uh, you know, don't quote me on this, but I want to say two, three different continents. Wow. several different countries and every state in the united states and uh like i said three of them are here now in iowa and i feel like that is a big part because of lisa at prairie ridge church spearheading everything with her fuse program yeah. fuse program's kind of one of a kind as well it's uh you know it's set up in the church and anybody and everybody can come and even if they don't have the finances that they would need to go and have fun other places they can still come and have fun there and it's uh they just have a blast every time they're there every time they invite me to come out there and check it out it's just amazing yeah and i think off the top of my head i'm trying to remember but i believe that if somebody is interested ridgelife.org is the church's website 
and I'm sure somehow you can navigate to Fuse or if you if you're interested in in participating or you're interested in helping I'm sure that there's a way that you can get involved I believe there is a fans of Fuse Facebook page okay. I believe that's what it might be called if anybody's interested or has a family friends that might have a disability or maybe somebody that wants to just come in and volunteer I believe you can reach out to Lisa on Fans of Fuse on Facebook and yeah. find out about that. Every month, I believe, for uh, most of the year, they have an event. So Yeah, and, and you know, I've stopped in for a few of those, and, and I've been really, really blown away at the number of people who are there. You know, the the food, the games, the, you know, just the whole environment is, is so joyous. Mm-hmm. Um, so, now, I know with Dave, that was the first time... I ever heard about you, but I didn't even know it was you. You know, all I knew was Dave had a trainer, he's running, you know, and I know Dave, I don't really, I haven't spoken with him much about his disability. Um, and that was, was that kind of your first major train to inspire, you know, that you were really working with somebody and they really exceeded it or what, what was your, what was your experience so actually, Dave was the reason we started Train to Inspire. Okay. So before training, before Dave came along, I was just minding my own business. <laughs> so you know? how did you guys get connected then? I was uh, I did become a personal trainer. I'm I'm really uh, I love fitness, whether it's lifting weights, playing sports, or just being active. It, it really helped save my life and lead me on a different path. So I became a personal trainer to you know basically I guess pay it forward and um, you know try to help people out with fitness and show them that they can help them. Because I firmly believe fitness exercise in general is so important, and not just for losing weight. Uh, that's just really my last priority, but more for what it can do for our mind, for anxiety, depression, addiction. And there's just so many different, really scientifically proven aspects that exercise helps your life with. And it's not just, you know, your regular typical things. So I became a personal trainer, and I was at Anytime Fitness, and Dave came in. And really at this point, I'd never been around anybody with a disability other than, you know, in high school, there might be kids in the other classrooms, but you know how high school kids are. You never really, unfortunately, you know, I never really paid attention to them. And I get to know Dave and we get to talking and I realize this man works harder than the people that are able-bodied. You know, I've had plenty of clients in my lifetime and this man with a disability, he's got leg braces on, he's got club foot. I don't know how many, he's had brain surgeries, he's had physical surgeries i want to say an account of 30s 40s he's probably going to kill me because i'm probably quoting him wrong here but um i know that he's had a lot of different issues in his life he's outlived i believe two life expectancies and here he is working harder than anybody i've ever worked with thus far we had trained we ran this 5k a man that had never ran really in his life and never nobody had ever believed that he could do it his doctors had always told him that he should, you know, stay safe and not exercise whatsoever. We ended up running the 5K, and after that point, I realized that, you know, I guess at the time I didn't realize how big of a deal it was. And when you look back now, you realize that um, you know, this is when I found out what my purpose was. We live our entire life, whether we know it or not, we live our entire life, I feel, looking or waiting for our purpose. Yeah. whether we know it or not and when you can actually find it your life is going to be completely different after that and and that can be said true as well when you meet certain people you, you're traveling a path in life and you reach a fork and you don't realize it's a fork in the road at this point because you meet people every day but when you meet certain people 
you you know your your road was going to the left and now your road is going to the right yeah. and you because you met that person and that was Dave and he basically gave me a purpose and he showed me that people that I could actually help people with disabilities that I could help somebody that I could actually be somebody for someone else as opposed to uh, you know just being you know some loser skating through life which in my eyes is what I was so he showed me he opened my eyes that people with disabilities they they aren't getting personal training they aren't getting you know the health and fitness classes provided for them that we are and if they are they're they're very expensive most people with a disability are you know on SSI they don't necessarily have uh, enough money to buy the gym membership and to pay for the personal training which really to be honest with you myself I wouldn't even I can't even afford it if I wanted a trainer so we provide all of our services free and that's how it started after Dave we started bringing other people with disabilities into the gym and then I realized that um, as we spoke earlier these people have went 30 40 50 years without doing the cool stuff that I've done my whole life like the just the the racing cars or go-karts or paintball guns laser tag rock climbing just whatever it is you know you go and hang out with the fellows on the weekends and do fun things and these guys have been left at, at home you know the girls weren't able to go and hang out with their girlfriends and the guys that you know the same their brothers their sisters were able to go out and have all this fun and they were you know they're shielded from the world basically yeah you know their parents obviously want what want what's best for them and they've been you know led to believe by doctors physical therapists counselors that uh, it, it's better for them to stay home and not go do those things and what we do is we come in and here you can come and hang out with me and that's what it started as two or three of them coming and just hanging out with me going to a movie going to do this or going to do that and now it's escalated to where we have an event every single month next month i think we're doing kayaking and we're modifying some bicycles after that we're you know we're having a big barbecue we'll take them out on the lake we'll rent a pontoon boat i let them drive the pontoon boat they've never had the opportunity to do things like that before <laughs> don't tell my insurance agent yeah. and you know the obstacle course is coming up and actually now just because of dave mathis we're actually uh expanding our services to africa now so you know wow. an iowa founded organization is uh you know moving to africa to, to start doing exactly the same thing we're doing here for people there so now are you involved with the Africa Project as well? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And really the Africa thing was just, a, I wouldn't say it's a spur of the moment, but it wasn't necessarily a plan. I had been contacted by a woman that lives in Africa, and she had heard about the obstacle course that we provide, and basically she just wanted advice for how could they do it, and how would this work, and how would that work. And, you know, a lot of messages back and forth really led us to the point to where it's like you know what why don't i just come out there and show you how to do it yeah and that's what it's come out to uh last march i believe it was we went out there for the first time to figure out logistics to get an idea what the country's like and you know we've got a lot of work ahead of us here and three times as much work there typically if a family has a child with a disability in africa they're um looked down upon a lot of times the, the child will be abandoned at an orphanage and uh, there's just a lot of things you know it's 2017 and we grow up in you know even if we have a rough life it's still nothing compared to there and you think that a lot of these problems are solved because it is 2017 and they're not i mean they've still got polio over there yeah i mean it's unbelievable some of these things exist and i feel like the only way to solve the problems is, is people like me and you to just go there and yeah. take, take it on and, yeah. and do make every little change you can i mean and that's you know that's in a lot of the ministries and different things that i've done 
And that's kind of always been my goal is like, listen, if I can change one thing, I'm happy. It made it worth my while. I had fun doing it and I changed somebody's mm -hmm. life. And from the sounds of it, I mean, between trying to inspire and the other things that you're getting involved with, I mean, I think you're impacting a lot of people. And, you know, I think that back to what you were saying with the Anytime Fitness and, and Dave coming in and, you know, I never really contemplated how difficult it must be sometimes if you have, you know, you, you walk into a gym with leg braces and, you know, maybe you're not as steady on your feet or, or these things. Listen, I was shy to walk into a gym because I was overweight. You know what I mean? Absolutely. There's nothing physically wrong with me, but I don't fit that image of the person who should be running on a treadmill looking fine with my hair blowing in the wind, right? And I, just the bravery that it might take, even without a trainer, you're like, I'm just going to go and I'm going to do this. I mean, that's a that's something for real. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So. I mean, even in, in the past, it's been difficult for me to go to new places. And, and imagine being made fun of your entire life and just yeah. and just always being told you can't do it. So that's really where we come in. And, and a big part of what we try to do is make things inclusive. So my idea isn't to train these people and keep them in the classes that are specific for people with special needs. But I want them to get more comfortable so that they can go by themselves to whatever gym it is in their area. Because I can only work with them so often. But it's to give them that... Uh, that confidence like look you can do this and not only can you do this but i'm going to introduce you i'm going to show you that all these people support you as well and that way you know you have the support in the, in the environment that you're in and it's it's amazing because when we first start working with them they're just apprehensive about everything six months to a year later they're jumping in the front of the line wanting to do everything first yeah. or they're going to the gym by themselves or they're taking their mom or their sister and showing them how to do things so it, it's amazing to see that growth. You know, I think about it, you know, if I'm sitting in a gym and, and somebody comes in who, you know, I, and Mike, you know, somebody comes in who's severely overweight and they're going at it and they're going at it hard. <laughs> I, a guy like me has got nothing but respect. You know what I mean? Like, wow, you're pushing harder than me. Go get it, you mm -hmm. know, and, and I can just imagine somebody with some physical disabilities and things like that. I mean, that's nothing but respect. You know what I mean? Like you're getting in there, whether lifting weights like look that, that guy squats as much as i do or you know yeah. sitting on a treadmill longer than i am booking along you know? absolutely and you know phil you know while we're on it i know we're talking more about uh special needs and things like that but for people that are listening that are thinking about going to the gym or you know, we all of us every every one of us has some kind of insecurity i don't care who you are but you know like you just said when you look and you see someone that's overweight in the gym you, your first thought is respect it's not uh it's not making fun or poking fun or like, man, what's this guy doing? Or they're fat or what are they doing? It's respect. And that's yeah. what I wish a lot more people would know, especially coming from a background as a personal trainer, you know, a lot, especially the ladies and even the guys, whether they're overweight or they just don't feel like they fit the, you know, the stereotype of what someone in the gym looks should look like. Uh, they think that people are looking down on them. And 90% of the time, that's not the case at all. We are in full support mode in the gym. And I've known several people, I've worked in the gym setting for several years, and it, that's what it always is. You may think that whoever it is that's looking at you is um, poking fun or thinking it's ridiculous that you're there, but really, sometimes it's admiration. It's yeah. that, that they understand that you're, especially if you're overweight, we're rooting for you. We want you to do well. We want you to do a good job. 
that the the guy that's getting into the gym that just started lifting weights and is not very strong. We want you to get stronger. We like it when we see you repeatedly. Or the woman that's uh, in the gym who's 450, 500 pounds, and she's just starting out. We're not making fun of you. We're we're looking at you with admiration, and we want we want to root for you. We want to help you. And most people will help if you have questions. Very seldom, and really never in my experience, have I ever seen someone ask a question. The person didn't help them. Even the big, the big bodybuilders, the big guys that everybody thinks are meatheads and don't care, they'd be more than happy to help you and assist you in whatever it is that you need in the gym. You know, and I, it's kind of interesting. I know. So the, on the last episode, I talked about weight loss too. Okay. So I don't want to, I don't want to harp on at least my <laughs> case over and over again. But you know, I, I think I, I'll share something that I, I know I didn't really go over that time. But um, so I don't even know if you. So I've lost a hundred pounds. Well done. Um, and, you know, I started this weight loss quite a while ago. You know, it's probably been four or five year process for me to get that low. But at the, we're members at the YMCA and they had something called the, the weight loss challenge. And, you know, I'm always somebody who has been uh, driven by competition, right? I want to I compete. Listen, me and this guy, we're going to compete and we're going to see who loses the most weight. Yeah, right? absolutely. And so that was a driving force for me And when I first started doing it. Then it kind of changed for me where I had more fun hanging out with these people and seeing their goals, you know, where when I initially started coming... I needed all the work and help I could get, right? And, uh, you know, I come from a background of working out and competition and athletics, and I let myself go. And so in this, you know, I kind of, I had that drive, and I can push through. And so I got there. The first couple times I did it, it was competition-based for me. And then afterwards, I I did it a couple more times. You know, by then, I'm fit-ish. You know what I mean? Like, not to where I want it to be, but I don't walk down the road and feel like I'm, I'm obese. But now it's more of the camaraderie of, you know, we would split up into small teams. Well, I wanted to push those people I was with. I remember, you know, they would judge it by, you know, at the end you would, you would do push-ups and sit-ups at the beginning and some other exercises. And then at the end you would do them again. And I just remember being there kind of like cheering them on. Like, you can give me another one. Give me, give me one more, you know, more like, like the trainer would do and I found so much joy in seeing these people push themselves farther and and I remember you know I would say I would make off-colored jokes you know what I mean and and stuff that I thought was funny and you know I I realized that sometimes it would come off too early for the people who didn't know me they would be like I can't believe that guy just said this (laughs) to me but you know what they're the groups grew so tight and I mean it was exciting just to see people reach their goals and the people to do that and so yeah with anybody i think that it's so important that that we just push through our goals and you know i i like to think that at least in my case the older that i get the less i care about being the the fat guy at the gym or worrying about what you know the high school kid that's the track stars thinking about my running form you know it's and so it it does get easier i think at least in my case i've I've found it yeah definitely definitely gets easier over time you're doing this now. Where did you come from, man? I know you, you said that, you know, like Lisa and, and some of those ladies didn't, um, they didn't, you know, they treated you the same, even though you had mistakes in your past. Like, what's, uh, what was your life like before you started doing all this then? Very different. You know, here I am today, 
very involved in the community, very involved in helping people change their life. And, you know, at, at 19 years old, I was addicted to meth and cocaine and I was an alcoholic. I got sent to prison when I was 19 years old and I basically I was in and out of incarceration for, uh, for the next five years. And I dealt with addiction, I dealt with alcoholism. And, you know, I've got five years clean today and still deal with the consequences of addiction it's uh which is something that's very close to my heart helping people with addiction now because i know how much damage it can do you know a lot of people when they hear the story they don't you know they can't believe i used to be that person you know and really feel people ask me sometimes why do you do all this or why do you do all that and you know for nothing in return and some of it's you know i got a lot of making up to do there's a lot of things i've done in my past that i'm not proud of and that i'll have to live with for the rest of my life and you know, when I spoke earlier about Dave helping me find my purpose, here I was, you know, some guy that's never really done anything right in his life. Here comes this man and actually gives him a reason to live and, and shows him that he's not useless and that he can make a difference. And, you know, a big part of falling in love with people with special needs is they've just accepted me the whole time as well. Like, they, they don't care how I talk. They don't care what I've done in my past. Um... They just accept me no matter what, and they love me for it. And um, so I stay pretty busy with Train to Inspire and everything else that we do in the community. Uh, we work with children with cancer as well, and I stay busy because I feel like there's just, I've lost so much time already that I have to get to a point, you know, where I've, I've actually, I don't know if I want to call it, I'm looking for forgiveness maybe, but maybe that's what it is. Um, and I don't know that I'll ever get that, but. I definitely move in that same direction and you know I, I believe in my heart that I have only have this one chance you know I've only got one life and I've only got so much time to live and it's how much more good can I do and how many more people can I help before that time's up yeah I really that resonates a lot with me too because I was an addict for most of my growing life you know i mean you know i'm i'm 35 you know and so half my life is is not you know that that long of a time when you really think about it and you know yeah i, I kind of feel the same way as i made a lot of mistakes and one of the things you know i really found this deal working with youth with uh addiction issues and things like that and you know my goal in it was always that you know, same deal. I didn't get anything back out of it. I would find these kids and talk with their parents and we would try to get a plan, you know. And, and I remember I got called, you know, somebody recommended, hey, maybe you should talk with this guy. And, they, you know, I went and talked with these parents and they said, well, are you a therapist? I said, no, I'm an, I'm an ex-addict. And they just looked at me like I was crazy. But you know what the thing is, is there's something to say, hey, I've been here I can do this, you know, a therapist can tell you, hey, in theory, here's what's going to happen to you. This is I can what the tell, book says. I can tell you, this is how you're going to feel tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not going to be pleasant, but tomorrow will be a better day. The next day will be a better day. And, you know, I think there's a lot to be said for that, you know, and, you know, did, did we succeed with everybody? No. But you know what? The thing is, is if I could, my, my thought on it was always, if I could get one kid to not make the mistakes that I made, one kid that doesn't get put in the back of a cop car, one kid that 
grows up and lives a successful life and you know and then success however they you know not financial but just a, a pleasant life has a family these things were things that maybe were not going to happen if you kept going down the same path that you were on because you know a lot of my friends aren't here anymore you know because of the mistakes that were made and and i feel that i am fortunate enough that that i escaped that life and have minor physical consequences paid for that you know and so yeah they give it back and, and change change one is is important so so now with the train to inspire uh we we had lunch right before we sat down to do this and i thought one of the things that was really neat was you told me that you guys are starting a new program where you're building tree houses for kids with uh, uh terminal illness yes yeah and uh so I know one thing that's been difficult for me with the nonprofit is I've not been the guy, I'm not the kind of guy that asks for money. And so obviously running a nonprofit, you have to ask for money sometimes. And really what I've been working on the last, really the last four years, I've just been really working real hard. You know, I, I would go to my full-time job and then I'd get home and I'd just, I'd work and work until I needed to go to sleep. Just try to start these businesses that would help self-fund, train to inspire. And we've what we've done is we've started a construction company called Build to Inspire. And what we do is we'll donate. We kick 10% back into the community of all of our revenue, regardless of how well we're doing or how well we're not doing. It's a rule of thumb, 10%, no matter what. So 5% will kick back into train to inspire. The other 5%, what we've done is we're going to start building. Actually, next week will be our first uh, tree houses for children with cancer or various terminal illnesses and you know just I know when I was growing up I did not have the opportunity to have a tree house so just something like that you know we're not solving the world's biggest problems with these tree houses but it's something something that we can offer these kids it's a way for us to spend our money you know without being wasteful and just provide some even if only for a moment some joy some happiness for the families you know, and at no cost for them because they've got enough on their plates. Whether it is whether the cancer's in remission or they're they're currently battling it between medical bills and all these other things. And we're looking at expanding and what else we can do for really anybody that needs the help. Uh, a lot of the nonprofits out there nowadays, I feel like, and there's nothing wrong with it, but the focus is on one specific thing. Um, but just because I love and I care about people with special needs and disabilities, does that mean I shouldn't help kids with cancer as well? And really, to be honest with you, the greatest thing about being the founder and the director is that, uh, and having an amazing board to support me, is we can help whoever we want. You know, if there's a child across the street that we felt needed a hand with something and they didn't have cancer or uh, or a disability, I've got the control to say we're going to help them. I don't have to ask a bunch of people for permission. You know, the board is typically on board. It's, it's as long as it's the right thing to do, we do it. And um, so that's what uh, the Treehouse deal is all about. And uh, we're actually working on trying to get a wheelchair-accessible treehouse going here soon, if we can. Wow. And every quarter. So, you know, we go in and we do somebody's roof, we do somebody's deck, we do a house remodel. 10% of whatever we pull on that, we'll kick back in to where we can uh, help with either a, it could be accessibility in somebody else's house so that they can live more comfortable, or it could be, you know, to the treehouses, things like that. Now, I know you said you're not really good and fundraising isn't your thing. If somebody has a desire to 
help you with this process and these projects. Is there a way that they can get connected with you? Is there a way that they can, you know, do work with with Build to Inspire to help contribute to that? Is there a place that they can make donations? How does that work for you? Absolutely. If they want to make donations, um, they can get on the train to inspire org website and there'll be a donate button to click on uh, or they can reach out to us most people reach out to me via facebook and as far as volunteering and helping us out really that's what i want the most because if you think about it to be honest with you every time you hear a nonprofit, they are asking for money right yeah and i don't want to i don't want anybody to think that i want when they hear me talk i want them to if i want anything i just want the support so I wouldn't even really ask anybody to get out there and go and click on that button. What I'd rather they do is send me a message and let's talk about how they can help. How they can help somebody like Dave Mathis or how they can help a child with cancer regardless of their ability. I can, I can show them how to, uh, how, to, how to be of use. And that's something else we do with Train and Inspire. You know, other people like me and you, and they have rough paths. I like to bring those people, you know, if they're cleaned up and they want to do better, I want to show them that they can, uh, you know, typically when you come from a background like ours, at least for me, I don't know about you, but when you start to get clean, you feel inferior almost to the rest of people. I really try to show people with a rough background here, you can come and help us, come volunteer, come help me build this treehouse, or, or come hang out with Andrew or Ben and then with cerebral palsy and realize that you have a place in this earth and a purpose. Yeah, you know, and I think that, I think that idea of once you, well, yeah, once you start living a normal life, and you're clean, and you're you're making the right choices. It's it's almost like you're walking a wire, because you don't really fit in with the rough crowd that you were with before, but you don't feel accepted by the people who are now 15, 20 years ahead of where you were living a productive life, and you feel like a, a man with no land. You know, and so I think that I think that that's that's good. You know, I think that it's inspirational. That was very well put, actually. You know, I, I don't know that I've looked at it like that, but that's. I mean, I don't know that I could have said it better myself. You know, for in my case at least, when when I hit those struggles, it wasn't. Uh, one day I wake up and I'm clean. You know, one day I wake up and life is different. You know, I went back and forth, and I'm sure it hurt a lot of people. You know, because. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm I'm going to change. I'm going to do this and then next thing you know, I'm not doing it anymore. You know, and so now those people who were there to help me and they were here to support me, I just let them all down. And you know, and then the people that were making mistakes with me, now they don't know where I am because I just told them I'm never going to see them again. You know, and so it's just the it's a odd juggling act. I think that if you haven't been there and lived that life, you don't really understand. <laughs> No, so, no, you you couldn't be more right. Um, but yeah, and so did you grow up here in Iowa, Colfax, in Colfax, Iowa, yeah, little Colfax, not so much there. A little little tiny town then. Yeah, right? my uh, grandfather raised me. My mom and dad were both uh, incarcerated soon after I was born, and my grandpa, God bless his heart, he uh, he took me in, and you know, I, so all the amazing things I do now wouldn't uh, be possible without him. Yeah. That's and that's funny, man. Because I I spent most of my time growing up with my grandpa too. You know, I came from a, a broken household and and I uh, lived with my grandpa for quite a while. And you know, I think back and I remember, you know, he was he was a diesel mechanic and uh, you know worked with his hands and that's how he scraped by a living. And 
you know, I'd go out in his wood shop and work with him even, you know, as an elementary school mm-hmm. kid, I remember out there working with him and I remember when I got my first job as a as a trim carpenter, as my very first job and, uh, you know, I'm telling him, hey, I'm a, I'm a carpenter, this is what I'm doing, you know, and it's the <laughs> stuff that he taught me and he found, I found so much happiness in seeing him uh, and seeing and seeing him just celebrate that I'm actually doing something and you know making making something in my life so I think it's uh we could never put give grandparents enough credit for what they do for us and you know it's unfor. I feel you know, one of the things I live with is that uh you know my grandfather will never see who I am now he only saw who I was then you know so for people out there you know always take the opportunity to tell tell your loved ones how much they actually mean to you and you know, and, and let them know how much they f- actually affect your life. Because, like you just said, your grandfather, you know, taking taking you under his wing and teaching you all those things has impacted who you are today in the line of work you're in and the skill set that you have. And it could have just easily been somebody else mentoring you to uh, be one of the other guys. You know, it, in the, in that line of thinking, it's it's funny because since I've done this, I've reached out to a handful of people, and I had. Uh, the, the first job I worked as a trim carpenter, you know, I was a messed up kid. The guy should have never hired me. Yeah. He hired me. He, I wasn't actually a carpenter when I got hired. I got hired to clean his shop. And he gave me a key to his facility with all of his equipment. Everything he owned is in there and says, I want you to clean my shop. Come whenever you want. You know, because I wasn't capable of keeping a good schedule. I'd go and clean the shop at 2 o'clock in the morning. And there was something about him that he trusted me enough to let me have a key to that building. And, and I don't think he'll ever know how much that meant to me, that he trusted me. Because most people didn't trust me. I wasn't a trustworthy person. You know, and, you know, life life changes people. And, and I like to think that that doesn't, you know, I'm trustworthy now and then I make good decisions and then I do these things. But at that time, I don't know that I would have taken a risk on a on a kid in my position. And, you know, he taught me a trade. He taught me something that I still make money with. I support my family because this man took a risk with a kid who didn't deserve it. And, you know, and he was a he was a Christian man and I hope someday that I can sit down with him and share with him the effects that he's had on my life and you know and it was a it was an interesting place because I know that sometimes even people of faith on a construction site it it shows differently but not always you know and I I remember we had this guy and and he was an alcoholic that worked with us and I'll never forget that he didn't show up for work for a couple days and we didn't know where he was and it turned out that he got drunk and passed out in a snowdrift and uh, he was pretty much, they found him at some time in the morning and no coat, no anything, face down in a snowdrift and he got hospitalized and he had all sorts of stuff wrong with him. But, you know, I mean, these are the guys that I work with, you know what I mean? And it's just, it's just funny to see how it takes all kinds to make make the world go around and you know and i'm sure that the you know i don't even remember the guy's name anymore but i'm sure i learned something from him being the young impressionable guy who was learning a trade you know you'll you'll learn something i remember 
you know, we had our foreman, and, and I showed up after I'd been cleaning the shop for a while. He asked me if I wanted to work full-time, and, and so I went in. And uh, the foreman looks at me and says, hey, cut something to, you know, 16 and 3 eighths. And I said, well, how many lines is that? <laughs> and, I remember you know, those days. And he pretty much told me, go home and learn to read a tape measure tonight. If you don't know tomorrow, you don't have a job. And so I remember I just sat and I, I drew a tape measure, you know, on a piece of paper with all the little lines and dashes and wrote all the numbers on there. And I just sat all night long and studied them because that was, I did not want to lose that job. And, you know, I, I would be interested to, to talk to him again and just find out what his ideas of me were at that age because you know I'm sure that I'm sure that I've changed a lot since then but just to see why he really took a chance on a kid like me and you know I think that in that in in what you're doing with train to inspire with wanting people to reach out to come and and help and participate with what you're doing that's what you're doing you're taking this chance and, and allowing people to come beside you and use that to lift them up and then lift all of those people that you're serving up and I think that it's I think it's really great man I think it's super neat to see what you're doing and, and what you're giving back to the community so what else are you thinking about man is there anything else that you'd like to to leave people with is there any anything that we're missing on something you think would be worth sharing you know I just really want to stress the people out there listening that um, are struggling with whatever it may be that um you know reach out to us we can we can help you out we can whatever it is i mean i can help with employment we've got i've got a couple different businesses now and and really anybody out there dealing with addiction uh, you know reach out to me we can help you out i would love to have them as a volunteer you know that's part of training inspire what people see is helping people with special needs what they don't see is that really our people with special needs are helping our volunteers live live a better life and uh we just want everybody's support get on facebook and just like the page and if there's ever anything we can do for you for anybody in the audience just let let me know that's will what you, i'm here for will you give us that facebook page one more time Where uh, it's me? trained to inspire on facebook okay so just go there that's the easiest way to get in touch with you and just take it from there and yep. just reach out and and anything that somebody could need we'll try to figure out a way you know and that's the same that's kind of the same thing that I've been pushing on on my Facebook page for the show too. Is you know, if you need something, prayer, anything, you know, you need somebody just for accountability, somebody to talk to, judgment free. You know what I mean? It's it, we're all we're all people who have messed up, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I think that sometimes the idea that we're better than somebody else, or you know, these these ideas that we misconstrue in our heads that we're not worthy or we're not able or you know those are just lies we tell ourselves because everybody out there is important and everybody deserves to be who they want to be not who they're told they have to be and I think that I think that you're living that out every day man and I think that uh, it's a great thing I appreciate that Phil I appreciate you having me on today no problem I appreciate your time man let's shut this thing down we'll call it a day and uh, I hope people reach out to you and find some greatness that you're doing thank you buddy all right no problem man. thank you well i hope you guys enjoyed the show i hope joe gave you something to think about maybe inspire you a little bit to step out of your comfort zone a little bit and get to those people in your community and help them out 
Remember, you can always find us on Facebook at the God Watch Podcast or visit our webpage at godwatchlive.com. If you know anybody who could use some words of encouragement, advice, please feel free to share the podcast with them. And remember, if you know somebody who would like to appear on the show, possibly be a guest, just has a great story about God, reach out to us, let us know who it is. And remember, like always, have a good week and be blessed.